0: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, everyone. Charles Watts here. Welcome to Wednesday's edition of Inside Arsenal. I hope you're all well and had a very good day yesterday. Today is a big day. We're going to be talking about full agreement between Arsenal and West Ham for Declan Rice. Finally... That huge club record, record fee for a British player is about to get over the line. Still a little bit more to do, medical, that is happening, or going to be happening. And then Declan Rice will finally be confirmed as an Arsenal player bringing to an end a bit of a saga. Well, I don't know, can you call it a saga when we're still sort of early in July? I'm not sure, but still fantastic news for Arsenal, fantastic news for West Ham as well. I think everyone needed this to be done and it is now done pretty much. So we'll talk about that a little bit. Um, We've got lots of other stuff to talk about as well. Arsenal signed Alicia Russo from Manchester United, bolstering uh, Jonas Aderveld's attack heading into next season. Fantastic. Huge sign in that for Arsenal. Women ahead of the new WSL season. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Thomas Partey, um, William Saliba, he's returned to training, which is fantastic news. Arsene Wenger's getting a statue at the Emirates. There's loads and loads of things to talk about. So uh, let's get cracking. But... First of all, if I may, and just indulge me a little bit on this one, if you could, I'm just going to bring this up here on the screen. If you're watching this on YouTube, if you're listening to it on podcast, then um, what I've just brought up is a screen of my new website, charleswatts.football. This is all part of the new career path that I have chosen. The work I'm going to be doing, the way I'm going to be covering Arsenal from now on, obviously going to be really expanding this YouTube channel, that is plan. Um, but also, you know, I'm a writer. I've always been a writer, and you know, my passion is writing about football and writing about Arsenal. And so my website has now gone up. It's still very much in the early stages. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can see a picture of the homepage uh there. I tweeted it out yesterday, got really good response um yesterday. So thank you very much for everyone who's visited the site in the in the last 24 hours. There's a few things up there. Of course, it's gonna be you know steadily increasing in terms of the content that's out there as we build up to the new season and uh we're still myself and the web designer are still sort of putting the finishing touches on it but it is now live and uh, any support you can give then i really do appreciate it that site is going to allow me to still write about arsenal which of course is what i want to do you're still going to get the same stuff from me the same sort of coverage you've come to expect from me in terms of writing if you've followed me at football london and at goal in covering Arsenal in the build ups to games match reaction news stories transfer stories analysis features that sort of stuff I'm all going to be I'm still going to be doing it and it's just going to be on my own site now instead of writing for someone else I'm writing for myself and writing for you guys of course as well so so yeah that is now live if you haven't visited it yet then please do go and check it out like i said it's still very early stages the site is very very much going to grow but i'm really excited to get it up and running and off the ground. Okay, now let's talk about Declan Rice, shall we? Um, As I said at the start, I don't know if you can quite call this a saga yet because we're still only in July. Not everyone's even returned yet for pre-season training, but it's one that we've all sort of wanted to get over the line we've wanted it to be done and finalized so that everyone can move on so that arsenal can you know they basically know they've got the number one target through the door so west ham can move on and sign who they're going to sign in terms of replacement so us as fans can kind of look forward to next season knowing the priority target has come through and last night full agreement was reached between arsenal and west ham you see that david Ornstein's tweet david again breaking that story late last night uh, an amazing journalist david Ornstein is absolutely fantastic um uh, breaking that story last night the uh, agreement has been reached and now declan rice is going to be set for medical um i don't think that medical is going to happen today but it's going to happen imminently um whether a full announcement will come from west ham immediately after that medical is done so by the end of the week i don't know it might it might take a couple of days yet before we get the official All you know um, the official announcement with Rice signing in his first interview and, and all that stuff. But we are getting there. You know, this is a big, big step. Arsenal have got their man. They've agreed the deal with West Ham. It's going to be over about two-year period. Arsenal paying this money. So, you know, it's a really big statement from Arsenal. They're shelling out what is going to be a British record fee for a player, uh, for a British player. Sorry, it's a club record fee. Absolutely smashing the £72 million pounds they played for Nicolas Pepe. Um, and they're going to be doing it over a over a sort of two-year period. So, you know, West Ham, that's what they wanted. They're happy. You know, Arsenal would have liked to stagger the payments of over a couple more years, perhaps. But, you know, at the end of the day, they've got their player. They've put the finances in place to be able to get this deal done. They're happy to do it over two years. And, um, and it's, you know, it's just a fantastic deal. It's brilliant for Arsenal. It's brilliant for Declan Rice, who I can't wait to watch. It's fantastic for Mikel Arteta. You know, Arteta has played a huge part in this deal. Whenever you talk to anyone, honestly, who deals with Mikel, I mean, we see it every day, well, not every day, but every week when we go and press conferences and we're dealing with him when the microphones and the cameras are turned off. You know, he's a very, he You just, when you talk to him, when he talks about football to you, it's really tough not to believe what he's saying and to trust what he's saying. And Martin Odegaard said it in a Players' Tribune interview that he did last year. And he said he, you know, he came he said exactly the same thing. It's like it's really difficult not to believe absolutely everything that Mikel Arteta tells you. And I think we're seeing, you know, with these sign with Declan Rice, you know, he rejected Manchester City to make this move to Arsenal happen. And and Mikel Arteta was such a huge, huge part of that because Declan Rice, after listening to Mikel Arteta, he believes in him. He believed in what he told him and he wants to be a part of it. And so for Mikel to get this over the line, it was the player he really, really wanted. Um you know, he deserves a lot of credit and the club deserve a lot of credit. You know, the owners, Edu, everyone involved in getting this monumental deal over the line in terms of finances, in terms of the competition they've beaten off to to win the race for Declan Rice. I've said it many times and, you know, it really does paint a very, very vivid picture in terms of where Arsenal are as a club right now and the direction that they're in, that players like Declan Rice just like players like Bakayi Saka and Gabriel Martinelli are willing to commit their futures to the club. But players like Declan Rice are willing to join the club. You know, it just says a huge amount. You know, a couple of years ago, this would never have happened. Arsenal would never have been able to do this. But they have now, and that shows um, you know the kind of club that they are and the direction they are heading in. And you know, it's, it's the big part of what Mikel Arteta wanted to do this summer. The midfield was such a key priority to area that he wanted to address and that he wanted to strengthen and in Declan Rice he signed his priority target the man he thinks can take Arsenal to the next level and you know that could well mean the end Um, for this man potentially I hope not I've said it before I hope not but you know as it stands at the moment Thomas Partey is seeking a little bit of clarity that's my understanding in terms of where his future is at the moment with Arsenal he's coming back this week I don't think he's back yet he flew back to the UK at the weekend after his holiday I think he had a couple of extra days off he will be back at London Colney this week maybe today I'm not sure but he's back at London Colney some point this week and when he goes back he wants to hold talks with Arsenal just to get some clarity he's seen the speculation he's seen you know all the the stories about him potentially going and Arsenal potentially being willing to let him go And, you know, he kind of wants to know what's happening. So he's going to be seeking a little bit of clarity. He will look to hold talks with Arsenal to find out what is happening. Now, I've seen stories that he's asked to leave. My understanding of that is that it's just not the case. You know, he is absolutely, you know, I've said it before, he wanted to get Arsenal into the Champions League. That's a big reason why he signed for Arsenal from Atletico Madrid. Now that he's done that, he would really like to represent Arsenal in that competition. Um, but he wants to know what the plan is, you know, what the future is for him, how they see it and whether they are open to letting him go. So, you know, Thomas Party is just seeking a little bit of clarity and we're going to have to wait and see what happens with him. You know, obviously Declan Rice coming in, that's a player who you would expect is going to start ahead of Thomas Party. You're not going to spend £105 million and then not play Declan Rice. There was a bit of a question when Arsenal's interest was first there in Rice in terms of where perhaps he would play. Would it be in the sort of left-sided number eight role ahead of Thomas Party? Um, but with Kai Havertz coming in and looking like he's going to be in that role, you've got to think that, Tom, uh, that Declan Rice will be uh, first choice in the kind of number six in this Arsenal system. Having said that, I still think there's a big, big part for Thomas Partey to play, and I've said it many times, that I don't think he should go, I think he should stay, and I think if you've got Thomas Partey and Declan Rice as your two holding midfielders, your two options to play holding midfielders, you're in a very, very good position there in a very you know you've got a really really strong squad so we'll wait and see what happens with thomas party but that is my understanding of the situation that when he comes back to london colney he just wants to have talks with arsenal to seek a little bit of clarity about his situation hey it's ryan reynolds and i'm here with keith co-star of my upcoming film
1: if only in theaters may 17th Do you want to tell people the big news
0: Big news yesterday. Really good news yesterday. Arsenal putting out these pictures here. If you can, if you're watching on the screen, you can see it. If you're not and you're listening on a podcast, they are pictures, of course, of William Saliba in training yesterday at London Colney. He was doing work in the gym and he was out on the pitch working with the ball, which is fantastic. Takahiro Tomiyasu as well. He is back training. Um, You know, really, really good news. And it's not just those two. Gabriel Martinelli and Alexander Zinchenko as well. You know, all these players missed the start, missed the end of last season we were all hoping they were going to be ready for the start of pre-season. And, um, you know, these images that we saw from training yesterday at London Colney suggests that they will be, and they'll all be ready to travel to Germany next week for the pre-season trip there, where they're going to have a week's training camp before finishing it off with the game against Nuremberg on Friday. Then they of course have the big USA trip, where they're going to have games against the all-stars United and Barcelona. Um, You know, having especially Saliba, all all of them are really, really important. But having seeing Saliba out there training, not just in the gym, not just doing fitness work in the, you know, indoors, but being out on the pitch with a ball, yeah, that's a big, big boost. Um, You know, having Saliba fit and ready for the start of the season, it's absolutely essential to Arsenal starting well. We all know how important he is. We saw that at the end of last season when he missed out. So, really good news on Saliba and fantastic news on Martinelli and, um, and Zinchenko as well. Okay, I just want to quickly talk about this. Arsene Wenger looks like he is getting a statue. It's going to be unveiled on the 3rd of August, which is the day after the Monaco game in the Emirates Cup, which is quite fitting, obviously. Wenger and his Monaco links, and maybe some of the Monaco club officials will be sticking around for the big unveiling ceremony at the Emirates. We don't know too much about it yet. You know, what is the pose that Arsene's going to be in? Is it going to be in that very, very famous pose in front of the Arsenal away fans, you know, he's standing there with his arms up with Arson no sign behind him in front of the away fans at Tottenham after winning the title in 2004 in that red tie of his. Or what about a picture, a sort of statue of him holding up the gold Invincibles trophy as well? You know, there's lots of different options. Um, <laughs> him in his duffel coat trying to do the zip up, that sort of stuff. Obviously, it's not going to be that, although it'd be pretty funny if it was. But lots of options. I'm delighted that he's getting a statue. Um, you know the Emirates wouldn't be here really if it wasn't for Arsene Wenger. It was his revolution that he started that took the club up to the next stratosphere um, in the mid-90s when he arrived after they kind of fallen off um, not at the edge of a cliff, that's a bit harsh but they were in a bit of a doldrums after George Graham's era had come to a disappointing end after such a brilliant start and Bruce Rio could come in and Arsenal just seemed to be lacking a bit of direction. Then Wenger arrived everything changed and We're all given the greatest eight years really of our Arsenal supporting lives. Um, Obviously, it didn't finish very well, which was disappointing for everyone. He should have gone earlier than he did. I think even he will probably admit that now. I think we all know that was the case. Uh, But that shouldn't take away from what a legend he is at this football club and what he did for this football club. So I'm really happy to see him having a statue and being honoured in a way that he probably should. Next up, Ian Wright has to get a statue. I think it's Awful that he hasn't got a statue yet. I mean, everyone there who's got statues, they deserve it. But Ian Wright absolutely has to get a statue at the Emirates, in my opinion. Probably one with him and Dem- David Rocastle would be absolutely ideal. Let me know what you guys think about that. Who should get statues at the Emirates? Uh, who should be the next after Arsene Wenger? Let me know in the comments below if you're watching this on YouTube. Okay, huge news for Arsenal yesterday with the sign in for the women's team of Alicia Russo from Manchester United well she signed as a free transfer she was of course at Manchester United last season was there for three years Arsenal tried to get her in the January window couldn't get it done United rejecting a couple of world record bids for the England international forward but Arsenal bided their time she's now out of contract and Arsenal have got that deal done huge deal for the club you know massive boost for Jonas Idavel in terms of his attacking options with the injuries to Beth Mead and Miedemar last season you know arsenal did well to kind of hang on as long as they did in the in the title race certainly do did brilliantly to get as far as they did in the champions league without so many players that's so many injuries last season um but the addition here of uh alicia russo is just fantastic news for for arsenal she said and here if you see the quotes i'm reading them on the screen if you're watching on youtube if not this is what she had to say about a move i'm really excited to be here and i can't wait to get going Uh, I can't wait to get stuck in and grow as a player. It's a new challenge and a new environment. I think the growth of the women's game has been incredible, but particularly at a club like Arsenal. The sellout against Wolfsburg at Emirates Stadium last season was fantastic, and I'm just really excited to be part of this club. Jonas then going on. Alyssio is one of the best forwards in the world and has significant potential to continue growing and improving. She has a proven track record of scoring goals in the WSL and at international level, and we believe she will be a quality addition to our forward line. So we're all delighted to have brought her to the club real real excitement about this if you head over to arsenal.com you see all the pictures of alicia russo's first day at the club with edu with win the dog the chocolate labrador that michael arteta introduced last season um so yeah you know really really good news on that and really exciting times for for the arsenal women's team and then looking forward to seeing how alicia R- russo does next season in her debut season at the club um just before I answer questions, going back to William Saliba, obviously back training yesterday. Fully expecting now that he's around, and uh, that this tran- this uh, contract announcement will follow pretty pretty swiftly for William Saliba. Don't know exactly when it will come, but you know I reported before that they, that deal has been fully agreed It's with the lawyers. It's all at that sort of stage. Now that he's back in town, he's back at the club. I'm fully expecting uh, that announcement to come pretty soon. That, um, uh, that William Saliba has signed his new Arsenal contract. Okay, let's get on to a couple of sort of questions or comments that you guys have sent in um, after yesterday's episode. Um, there's one here. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can see it on the screen. It's from JD Blotz. By the looks, of it. it says, "Why are journalists who cover Arsenal so conservative, timid when it comes to valuing our own players? Four years ago, Lille demanded 72 million for Pepe, who at 24 had scored just 22 goals in League One." Why, considering inflation, is it ambitious or hopeful to ask for £50 million for a player who is two years younger, played in a worse team, and has just scored the same amount of goals? Surely we would be expecting at least the same, if not more. Thank you very much for your cross, uh, question. Well, that's not a question, really. Well, it is a question, in a way, uh, comment as well. Uh, that's, of course, in response to mine and Kaya's conversation yesterday in our episode, when we were talking about Balogun and Arsenal having a £50 million price tag on Balogun's head and you're not the only one who has those views If you see here we've got quite a few here as well I've just brought them up on screen if you're watching by YouTube a couple of other people on YouTube and why question Balogun price tag if Hoyland is valued at 60 70 million when he's only scored nine goals I don't get it another one said Charles Balogun is worth 50 million in shirt sales alone with the World Cup coming up in USA he's a new poster boy who earned that back more if he lives up to expectations Another one here, Charles, a question for you. Why I don't understand Ari Balligan is when um, we have comparable in the market that 50 million is realist, is unrealistic. Mudrick, handful of games, went for nearly 100 million. Hoyland valued the same. Benfica strikers, midfielders, valued the same almost yearly. Evan Ferguson valued at a crazy price and Brighton extracting millions in profit. Um with mid-table results. Why is it different for Arsenal in your opinion? All really good questions and comments. And I'll tell you what, having read them all, I thought I've started to change my opinion on it. Having looked at that, I thought, yeah, you know what? Why aren't Arsenal? Why can't Arsenal get 50 million for Baligan I think the Pepe one um is it's a valid, uh, it's certainly a very valid um response. I think the, the, the thing is though that no one would, Arsenal were the only team who were going to play 72 million pounds for Nicolas Pepe. No one else would. That's why I joined Arsenal. No one else would go near the valuation that Lille had. Arsenal did. And the person who did that lost his job pretty soon afterwards. Um, and I think it's all very, very obvious that Nicolas Pepe is worth nowhere near 72 million pounds. Um, and um, so I think, yeah, it's a little bit different there. But I absolutely get what you're talking about. You know, what Balogun did last season is fantastic how young he is. He's playing for a Premier League club. He's, As you, the other guys said in the comments, he's going to be the poster boy of the World Cup for the USA, providing he stays injury-free and his form doesn't doesn't dip. You look at Hoyland, who is being valued hugely when he didn't scored many goals for Atlanta, scored a few for Denmark, not too many for Atlanta, and he's being valued at 60, 70 million. So I get it. Yeah, and the more I read those comments, the more I think, yeah, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'll uh, maybe Ars- you know, maybe 50 million is absolutely a realistic price tag for for fallen Balligan, given what you achieved last season. I think the thing for me is just that I keep thinking, and maybe I need to get this out of my head, that he hasn't done it in the Premier League yet. And maybe that doesn't matter. Maybe, you know, like you said, Hoyland hasn't done it in the Premier League yet. Yeah, he's still being valued at that sort of money. Um, you know, Serie A is, probably, is a stronger league than France, but he hasn't scored anywhere near as many goals as Balogun. So, you know, the more I think about it, the more you're probably right. The more I'm wrong to think that, 50 million is an unrealistic price tag. Maybe that is what Arsenal should be demanding for him. And, um, and yeah, let's see what they get. You know, if they get, if Arsenal get 50 million, fantastic. Absolutely, you know, brilliant money for him. Um, so we'll just have to wait and see. So, yeah, maybe I'm wrong. So I apologise uh, for uh, maybe I'm and, undervaluing Arsenal's assets. And I need, I need to think a little bit more about it and be more, uh, more, set a more ambitious target for what Arsenal should be achieving for their player. Uh, Cindy here says, hey Charles, love your content. Would love your take on something that's puzzled me in this transfer window. I'm honestly trying to understand why someone like Caicedo would choose Chelsea over Brighton or a late transfer to Arsenal in the best case scenario. Brighton will be Europe this season. Chelsea won't. Brighton is smaller but a very well run club. Chelsea have been a basket case, (laughs) using your own term, and will probably still stutter as the owners learn and still trip over themselves with a manager who may or may not be successful at their club. Caicedo has a big new contract from Brighton, so his family needs will be met. Is he being romanced by the size history of Chelsea, which is significant, I get it, or is it maybe naive, not that smart, got a lousy agent? Really good, interesting points here raised in that question, Cindy. I think the the fact is, I think the sway of Chelsea, you know, the size of Chelsea, yes, they had a terrible season last season. I think they'll certainly won't have a bad season as that next season. Um, And I think Pochettino is a really good appointment and he's a manager a lot of players want to play for. Um so I can I, I get exactly what you're saying. I think Brighton are incredibly smartly run club, but I think Brighton have a ceiling. And I don't think Chelsea have that ceiling. I think Chelsea are a mess at the moment, but they don't have a ceiling. If they get things right, they can very, very quickly turn things around and be back competing for the top honours again. I'm not sure Brighton can, and that's not a disservice to Brighton, who I think are a brilliantly run club. I think we've got a fantastic manager, fantastic players, but those players will get picked off every single season It's going to happen with Caicedo. Now, it happened before in Arsenal with White and um, Trossard. Brighton replace them really, really well, but the players they replace them with, they'll end up getting picked off, and that's just the way of the world, unfortunately, with football. And so I think that players who play for Brighton can see that, and they use it as a bit of a stepping stone. And although Chelsea are not great at the moment, and they're in a bit of a mess, I think that long-term, those sort of players like Caicedo will look at Chelsea and think, you know what? we can go there and we can turn it around pretty, pretty quickly because of the level of investment and because of the quality players who are there. And look, obviously the wage packet matters massively. Brighton have given him a nice new wage, but they're still not going to give him anything like what he's going to achieve at, uh, at Chelsea. So I think ultimately, although Brighton at the moment look like the better run club and look well placed to have another good season, I think players still look at it no matter how poorly Chelsea have done and think that's a huge club who... With not too many tweaks, we'll get back competing in the Champions League and competing for the Premier League again. Um, finally, here, one from Gunnarization. Gunarization, Gunarization uh, said, Holding is your man for the last 10 minutes to close out a game. He's trustworthy for that job. You can't find players happy to do that job anywhere else. That's in response to mine and Kaya's conversation yesterday about Rob Holding and uh my thoughts that, you know, this is a time for Rob Holden to go. I get what you're saying. I 100% get what you're saying, but I don't think you can necessarily keep a player because you want to throw him on for the last 10 minutes if you go to three at the back. And I think Arsenal moving away from that. I think the players that they're going to bring in, they're going to allow them to move away from that. And, you know, I think Arsenal's, the way Arsenal are going to try and see out games is going to be very, very different going forward. It's just by strangling the life out of games, by having so much of a ball, so much of a possession that you don't really have to worry about um Chucking on another centre back to clear high balls away, and um, you know I'm not sure Rob Holding wants to stay for that anyway. To be that man, he wants to be playing, and he's not going to be playing at Arsenal. So that's why I feel like, for all parties, you know, the best move this summer will be to to move on and get holding a decent deal and let him go on and kick, kick start his career again because I think he's a very very good defender. But I just think his time at Arsenal is up. All right, that's it from me. Thank you for watching, for listening to today's episode. Really do appreciate it. As always, if you are watching on YouTube, let me know what you thought about anything we've discussed in the comments below. And as usual, we'll pick some of them to discuss uh, in future episodes. Have a great day, everyone. I'll speak to you very, very soon.